0: This is Virginia McGregor with the 10 Minutes Writers' Workshop. And I'm Virginia Prescott. Creating characters that young readers find plausible requires remarkable empathy and observation. Virginia McGregor has written novels through the eyes of children, struggling young mothers, and women who want to be mothers. Her newest novel is called Wishbones, and it follows a girl named Feather, whose morbidly obese mother is considered a freak and a source of curiosity in her small English town and in the national press. I asked Virginia McGregor what led her to want to write in the voice of children and teens.
1: I love reading um adult novels that are written from the point of view of children. So that's how it started. Or who have perhaps one narrator who's a child, because I think a child's point of view on an adult world is fascinating. They just give you a completely different angle. Um, And one of my great inspirations for my first novel, What Milo Saw, which is told through the eyes of a nine-year-old boy, um, is Emma Donoghue's Room. And there she tells a really quite stark story through the eyes of a four-year-old boy and does so with such humour and authenticity um, and such playfulness too and yet handles such such serious subject matter that I, I thought... That would actually be perfect for the particular story I was wanting to write, which was about a crisis in a nursing home um, and a, a little boy uh, who's very close to his grandmother and notices that there are things going on in the nursing home that there shouldn't be and that she's not being cared for properly. And by so- somehow adopting his voice, the whole thing came alive and also became much more human.
0: But authenticity is the key word yes. for me here. You know, the the teenager, the nine-year-old, getting into that headset, do you use people in real life, you know, tastemakers, people as models?
1: Uh, so I always say that good writing is a mixture, is sort of alchemy of research, experience, imagination. And one of the ways in which we're very lucky as authors when we write about uh, characters who are younger than we are is that that is something that we have all experienced. So we might not know what it's like to be A man if we're a woman, or to be black if we're white, or to be rich if we're poor. But um, we've all trodden the path of childhood and teenagehood. And and I think that many of us as adults still remember those times uh, quite vividly. So I think the experience of that. Also, I've lived and worked in boarding schools for over 10 years. And so those voices of young people uh, have surrounded me. And the strength of feeling that young people have is something that really drives me in my writing. So their their passions, their obsessions, uh, their drives, uh, their frustrations, their indignation, their strong sense of, of right and wrong, uh, all those sorts of things, their hopes, and then their crushed hopes. And that's what makes writing um, young people's and teenagers' voices really attractive too. So it's that experience. And then comes the research, but I think you've got to be really careful here. There's no such thing as a young person's voice or a child's voice or a teenage voice. The minute you start going down that road, you create a general character and therefore a stereotype Um, and so I would say You have to be very, very specific. So, for example, with Feather Tucker, the the main character in my young adult book, she's 14 years old. Wishbones. In Wishbones. I had to think about her particular world. And one of the things that was specific to her world is that she is a a passionate swimmer. She swims butterfly strokes. So, again, that's even more specific. She doesn't just like swimming. She likes this very demanding stroke butterfly. And I knew a young girl in England called Emily. And we shared many a hot chocolate in a cafe as she told me what it felt like in her body physically to swim that stroke. Stroke, what it felt like as a teenager to be competing against another teenage girl, what it felt like to be in her swimsuit being watched by so many spectators, what making it specific, creating a very specific character in a world and then doing your research accordingly. So if your character is in love with uh, the Beatles, you know, and, and has a sort of kind of retro passion in that way, or if your character has a particular sport that drives them, or, or a, is in love with playing a musical instrument, or lives in a particular part of the world that is very specific and and has a very strong culture. I think the research has to be um, about uh, a young person in context in their world. And then comes the imagination. So Emily is nothing like Feather Tucker. Um, I I got the the insight into what it was like to swim for her. But then comes the building and the layering and and the use of my, um, I suppose, my imagination, my intuition, my character building um, to create something out of experience, out of research uh, and through my imagination.
0: But to get that specific world that (laughs) you're building, you know, do you listen to pop music? I mean, language is obviously a very big thing for kids and and a lot of slang that, you know, an older person might use might not pass the sniff test for them.
1: Um, Absolutely. And and I think that it's, um, again, my ear is tuned to that. Um, I I moved from high school to university back to high school. So in some ways, (laughs) I haven't really left that world. But I think even if you haven't, it's about... Eavesdropping, it's about listening. Uh, Young people are good at being vocal in public places. So just sit yourself in a cafe (laughs) for a day and there'll be a bunch of young people who sit down and you can kind of tune your ear into how they speak and what the vocabulary of the day is. But also be careful of that because then you can you know, you're writing my date. Um, So I think it's, again, coming to the specific character um, and understanding their interactions in their world. Um, And for me, I'm writing my second young adult novel. And there it's a two-hander between uh, an English um, boy and an American girl. And there I had to be very careful when I switched voices to understand how American teenagers might Refer to things differently, and um, I'm going to give it to a trusted American teenager. <laughs> uh, I <laughs> so, wanted
0: to ask about that. Yeah. Do you have you know sensitivity readers, for lack of a better word? Yeah.
1: Um, so I gave um, Emily the sections on on swimming to make sure that those were were accurate and also whether they were appropriate to her age and so on. So I do try to get people to read specific sections, um, and with this American teenage character, I want to make sure I get that because I think my my ear is well tuned to the English teenage voice. Um, but silly things like, you know, fringes, we refer to, you refer to as bangs. And then I thought, but but do boys in America have bangs? Or is that just a female thing? Or, you know, all these kind of little preoccupations. Um, but that's fun. That's, that's part of the linguistic challenge of
0: so you, of course, have got to move the plot along. You've mm-hmm. got to keep things moving as a narrator. You're, you're using a childhood perspective, but you know as an adult <laughs> what is going on. Yep. And I'm wondering if there are sort of tricks or tools that you use to get the adult perspective in there. I'm, I'm thinking of in Wishbones, there's a teacher. You know, yes. she keeps referring – Feather keeps thinking of, my
1: teacher would say. Yeah. Is that is that your – adult insertion (laughs) oh gosh I hadn't I don't think of it that consciously but there's this wonderful term for those of you who like kind of literary geeky terms called the ironic gap and it's exactly that it's when you're an adult reading a child's point of view whether that be in a young adult book or an adult book you know more about the world than they do and you know more about um, the grown-up world and so although you're seeing the world through their eyes, you're filling in that gap. And so you understand more and you have more information at your disposal. And that's quite thrilling, I think, as a reader to feel like, you know, more than that child or that, that teenager, not in a condescending way, but just because that'll make you anticipate what's going to happen in the plot or to them or or in the story. I don't think that I consciously sort of insert things like that. But I think the adults in the story, and especially in my adult books, where I write from multiple points of view, they do certainly give that, that other angle that helps us understand that gap between childhood and adulthood.
0: Well, we understand so much more about the brain science of adolescence now, you know, how they work and how their reasoning functions or fails Mm -hmm. to function in many cases. Apparently, they should
1: all be having lions. That would be much... Is that so? Yeah. I think the latest research is that by getting them up early, we're hampering their, you know, their intellectual development that they should all be allowed to sleep in in the mornings. Can
0: you give us the American translation of lions? Oh, Sorry. (laughs) (laughs)
1: just to to sleep in in the morning so you know school should start at you know 10 11 o'clock yeah
0: I've I've heard legislation uh, proposed about that but so using that ideas those ideas of developmental brain science Mm. do you use those in kind of gauging the proper place for a child or proper activities for a younger voice?
1: I think that one of the interesting things about brain research is it's showing us how uh, fascinating and evolved and advanced the child's brain is and the teenage brain is. And I think that creates a challenge to us um, to write even more complex and interesting and rounded characters, not to write children as two-dimensional or as unevolved in some way that I think you know in some ways a teenager their brain is on fire compared to ours as adults that there are so many um, connections being made Um, also I think modern life makes teenagers do things like multitask in a way that I couldn't begin to do so they will be doing their homework and have their phone on be responding to a text and also binging on a Netflix series it's that you know that those sorts of skills understanding the, the modern world that surrounds teenagers too and how that's affecting their brain. Virginia McGregor, what a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Virginia McGregor, author most recently of Wishbones. The 10 Minute Writers Workshop is produced for NHPR by Sarah Plourd and Taylor Quimby. If the podcast has helped you find your creative voice, you can help others discover it with a review at Apple Podcasts. It makes for great writing practice, too. I'm Virginia Prescott. Until next time, this is the 10 Minute Writers Workshop.